0: And study the word, know the word, grow in the word. Amen. I mean, you know that without that word, it's pretty hard to live a victorious Christian life. Now, David said, "Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. the word sin means to miss the mark or, or wander off the trail. What the enemy does is he tries to use life situations and circumstances to push you off the trail, to keep you from uh connecting with the destiny that God's called to you. Listen, get in the word, all right? Look at your neighbor and say, you need the Word. Amen. Grab your Bible with me. Stand up one more time. Let's make a confession together. Hold that Bible up in the air and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Say never, 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 Amen. in Jesus' name, in Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord one more hand. He's worth it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We're excited you're here with us today, and we're believing God for great things and enjoying a good Christmas holiday. Amen. 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 Uh, she was talking about the the that group that the study coming up. You'll fight like a girl. Some of you guys need to n- miss it this time. All right. Fight like a girl. Man, that sounds like a good one. We ought to go, Marty. Check it out. All right. Hey, just really, really want to uh, just celebrate the fact that uh, as a congregation, so many families have been blessed this year through you. And, you know, a hundred food boxes going out. I don't know how many families have been adopted and presents. And uh, the youth took... uh, a truckload of stuff to a family and, and just really minister to them. Lives are being changed, and uh, you know what? That's what it's all about, isn't it? And about taking the opportunity to do something to bless somebody else. Amen? So I think, I think you've got to give yourselves a hand for the job you've done this season in just being a giver. Amen? Come on, celebrate that. Man. It's time, though, to take the baby home. It's time to take the baby home. This morning, uh, as we prepare for Christmas, and, uh, and you know, i got to be honest with you, if there's one message that's kind of difficult to prepare for every year, it's Christmas, because you want it to be a little bit different, and it seems like all the materials seem seemingly the same, and, but it's the most important, you know, this is the most important thing that ever happened for us, was the birth of this child. And our lives have been uh, tremendously impacted I hope yours has, by the birth of this one individual baby. Isn't it crazy how one little thing can change everything in your world? Amen? One little thing. This morning I hope that I can share with you a couple little things that can change everything in your situation and in your life. And that God will lift you up to a higher place where you can demonstrate the enemy's defeat, walk in the victory that you've been called to walk in. You realize that Jesus said, I have come that you might have and enjoy life. And i got to tell you something. Life is much more enjoyable when you're winning instead of when you're getting your hiney handed to you on a platter. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to take the baby home. Open your Bibles to the book of Luke, 2nd chapter. And it says, in those days, Caesar Augustus, starting at verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. I want to point out that, you know, it's interesting that God uses circumstances to His advantage. He's always using circumstances to His advantage. This is the first time in the history of the world that one man could make a decree and everybody had to respond. So there's only one way to get Mary and Joseph to the place they needed to be according to prophetic uh, words that have been given hundreds of years in advance. So here goes the decree, and this was the first census that took place while Q was governor of Syria. And if you can pronounce that, go for it. And everyone went to his own town to register. Everybody's going. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said unto them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Amen. Today, today, a Savior has been born. Now it's more than just a baby, isn't it? It's a Savior. Today it's going to bring great tidings of glad joy to all people. Say all people. You know, I, I like... Luke's version here, and he talks about shepherds, you know, hard-working, down-to-earth guys that that are, are impacted by a birth of a child, that, that are drawn to go search out this child. And, uh, you know, a lot of us, sometimes, I don't know what what takes place in our mind, but we think that, that certain aspects or promises of God belong to particular people. But I, I need you to understand that every promise of God is for all people man th- this is for you amen the, the great life the good news the, the the incredible blessings of God belong to you it's not just for somebody else or somebody who's dressed better or somebody who who has been nicer or somebody who hasn't made as many mistakes no it's for all people man here, here's the great you know news of the gospel is that it's going to reach into your life into your situation and make a difference for you. It's for your benefit. Don't ever stand off and and allow the enemy to uh, use condemnation against you so that it sabotages your confidence in God regarding the promises in your life. The reality is, is that if there's any group you belong to, it would be all people. Amen? Thank God I got membership in a group of all people. Because everything he said he'd do, he was going to do it for me too because I'm part of that group. Amen? I'm in the group. I'm part of all people. Amen? All right, let's pray and we can go home. <laughs> you know, a lot of us are under the impression that, that Christmas, our, our mentality works this way. We think that Christmas is kind of when you wrap it all up. Right? This is the end of the season. And a matter of fact, we just, if we can just make it, through Tuesday on Wednesday we can take a deep breath and get ready you know and just to to relax and calm down it's the end of the season i'm here today to tell you that christmas isn't the end of the season it's the beginning right it, 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 this this is where everything really takes off from this is this is the starting point not the ending point amen it, it, it's it's one thing to pat your impregnated belly and think about what it will be like someday to hold the child. It's another thing to hold a newborn in your arms and dream about the future that lies ahead. Many of us have such a, a, a skewed mentality when we consider Christmas. We, we are so uh, wrapped up in, in shopping and, and getting to the right place at the right time and making the right connection and keeping everybody happy that we just can't wait till it's over. And we end up missing, even as great, true-hearted believers. We, we make a mistake during this time of the year, and, and, and we look at it as the end. It is not the end. It is only just the beginning. Amen? I've got to tell you something. Uh, just like Mary was expecting her firstborn, I can remember, and many of you guys that, that, that have children, think about what it was like when you were expecting your firstborn child. You know, you, you had pictures in your mind. I, I, I remember Shelby was nesting, and I was out golfing, right? Because it was better to stay out of the house right as we approached the day, right? Uh, I mean, I had my instructions. She had written them down and everything I was supposed to take, and it was in a bag, and it was at the right spot. And I knew what to do if the emergency bell ever went off, right? I walked around, and I had that the phone there, and, and she was going to call, and then, then, then we go into action. But during that those last few hours, I remember the anticipation and the pictures that would go through my mind. And uh, as I was preparing for the birth of our firstborn, in my mind, I pictured our perfect little family. It's going to be awesome. Our perfect little family. Uh, Shelby would greet me at the door. You know, I, I knew that when I came home, after the birth of our firstborn, I, I this is what I saw. I, I, I would come home, and Shelby would greet me at the door. She'd have on a little apron. Nothing else, just a little apron. Hey, this is my world, okay? Okay? You, you, you there? Yeah. Just don't be swimming by my house. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh matter of fact, I, I still picture that in my perfect world. But uh, <laughs> that's another story. Okay. Okay, come back, bring it back. Okay, bring it back. Uh, she'd greet me at the door and she'd kiss me and she'd ask, how was your day? And I'd look over to the corner and there, Evan, he was our firstborn, I'd see little Evan in his little man suit playing quietly in a corner. Yeah. There'd be a lazy boy sitting off to the side with a latte and a remote control waiting for me. <laughs> Somebody would look at me and say, why don't you take 20 minutes to relax while I finish supper? Food would be on the stove, cooking. I'd sit in the chair, and I'd watch TV. I'd mute it every once in a while. i look over there to the corner, and there's little Evan, his little man suit, playing quietly in the corner. He'd look at me. I'd look at him. Our eyes would meet. He'd say, I love you, Daddy. I'd say I love you too. I go back to TV. Shall we come ask you, you need anything else? Then there was a collision, reality and expectation collided. I came home, the door was wide open. There were no there, there there was no apron. The the Lazy Boy was where we went to hold the screaming child. Everything in our world changed. Hello, somebody. The earth shifted underneath our feet. Suddenly, we ain't getting no sleep. We don't eat together. Uh, Shelby had cold meals for the next, like, 18 years. (laughs) <laughs> all of our friends changed. Hello. Remember, remember those guys that used to be hanging around all the time. Then you had a child; they didn't have one. They're still going out. And you're not. They're, they're, they're doing movies and they're running around, and, but you don't fit in anymore. So now there's a transition in relationships taking place. Uh, remember what it was like when you first had the firstborn. When you the first time you got ready to go somewhere that was more than just you know down the street. When you decided to take a day and go out of town, and you had to rent a trailer to haul the baby stuff, remember? It, it changes everything. I, I, I mean, everything. You think different. You feel different. You plan different. You talk different. You relate different. Everything's different. When you're talking to a baby, it's like a world filled with helium. How you doing? Who do you talk to like that? I mean, except a baby. You know, grown, normal, mentally sound people walk around talking differently. I think for some of us, see, what has happened is we've encountered Jesus, but not much has changed. We talk the same. We plan the same. We think the same. We relate the same. Everything's the same. Oh, but we got Jesus. No, no. We, we, we prayed a prayer, but we didn't take Jesus home. Don't you think it's only appropriate to take the baby home? A lot of us look at that prayer that we pray as a covering for what's taken place in the past. No, no. That prayer that we pray swings open a door to a future. Where the past is no longer in control, it's the future that God's trying to pull you into. He's not trying to release you from your past. Your past in His eyes, if, if you confess, He's faithful and just to forgive your past. He ain't thinking about your past. He don't know about your past. He's all about future. He's all about. You know, pulling you into destiny and connecting you to blessing and and operating the promises in your life. He he don't care where you've come from or what you've been through. I, I love what David said in Psalms 139. He said, I look behind me, I see you were there, but I look in front of me and you're out there too. Many of us need to lift our eyes up and look to where God's taking us and forget about where we've been. Isaiah says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. For behold, I shall do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Shall you not know it? Won't you embrace the new thing that I want to do? It's not time to wrap it up. It's time to unwrap it. It's time to get something inside of you, a passion that says, I'm going to go into the future with with, with a new walk. I'm going to walk a new way. I'm going to talk a new talk. Man, you know what? You're talking, and your Christian life doesn't need to be filled with helium. It needs to be filled with hope. right? It needs to be filled with faith. You need to have a faith confession coming out of your mouth. You need to be talking the Word and reading the Word and growing in the Word and letting Jesus change you from the inside out. You need to grow up just like... i got to tell you something, man. When we brought Evan home, at that point in our lives, we, 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 we thought we were ready. We were mature. We, we had a grip on life. And what we learned was that life was nuts and that we didn't know anything. And we had to grow as that child grew. I think that's what Jesus wants to do. I think he wants to come to your house. And, and, he, and he wants to change you and grow with you. He, 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 we need to take the baby home. Can you imagine standing in the hospital, you and a bunch of your buddies, and you're peeking through the window and pointing out which one's yours? Yeah, that one's mine, eight pounds, seven ounces. There he is. There he is. He's, isn't he a cute guy? Okay, let's go. and Drive off and leave him there? Sounds like a good deal, but it doesn't work out. <laughs> Some of us have tried, but you got to take the baby home. You got got it. It's yours. It's yours. This baby that was born, it's yours. It's time to take the baby home. Some of us are missing Jesus. We're born again. Yes, we're going to go to heaven someday. But we're still missing Jesus. The power that he possesses to change everything has not really been unleashed in our lives. We we go to church and we check out how he's doing and then we go back and we leave him there again. It don't work that way. You got to pick the baby up and take him home today. I, I have to challenge you. Take the baby home. Talk different. Walk different. Plan different. He ought to impact the way you make your plans. And there are relationships that are going to transition. And I know that many times people are afraid of, of walking away from their friends. You're not walking away. You're pulling them up. You're going to a, to a different level where you can look at them and say, Hey, the view's better up here. Come on. You you have relationships in your life that need somebody who will have a relevant real relationship with a living God. They need somebody who can understand what it is to take the baby home. They've spent their life hearing about Him and and, and reading about Him, but they need to meet somebody who's actually living with Him in their world and in their life. We need Jesus to change us. And the only way to get that to happen Take him home. Look at your neighbor and say, "You missing Jesus?" I, I want to read a story to you. It's called the Nativity Scene. It Says about a week before Christmas in Chicago in the early 1930s, a family brought a new na- uh, a family bought a new nativity scene, and when they unpacked it, they found two figures of the baby Jesus. Someone must have packed this wrong, mother said, counting the figures. We have one Joseph, one Mary, three wise men, three shepherds, two lambs, a donkey, a cow, an angel, and two babies. Oh dear, I suppose some set down at the store is missing a baby Jesus because we have two. You two run back down to the store and tell the manager that we have an extra Jesus. Tell him to put a sign on the remaining boxes saying that if a set is missing a baby Jesus, call 7126. Put on your warm coats, it's freezing cold out there. The manager of the store copied down the mother's message and The next time they were in the store, they saw the cardboard cardboard sign that read, If you're missing baby Jesus, call 7126. (laughs) All week long, they waited for someone to call. Surely, they thought someone was missing that important figurine. Each time the phone rang, Mother would say, I'll bet that's about Jesus. But it never was. Father tried to explain. There are thousands of these scattered over the country, and the figurine could be missing from a set in Florida or Texas or California. Those packing mistakes happen all the time. He suggested we just put the extra Jesus back in the box and forget about it. Sounds like Dad. Put baby Jesus back in the box? What a terrible thing to do, said the children. Surely someone will call, Mom said. We'll just keep the two of them together in the manger until somebody calls. When no call had come by 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve, Mother insisted that Father just run down to the store to see if there were any sets left. Sounds like Mom. You can see them right through the window. Over the counter, she said, if they're all gone, I'll know someone is bound to call tonight. Run down to the store, Father thundered. It's 15 below zero out there. Oh, Daddy, we'll go with you, Tommy and Mary began to put on their coats. Father gave a long sigh and headed for the front closet. I can't believe I'm doing this, he muttered. Tommy and Mary ran ahead as Father reluctantly walked out in the cold. Mary got to the store first and pressed her nose up to the store window. They're all gone, Daddy, she shouted. Every set must be sold. Hooray, Tommy said. The mystery will now be solved tonight. Father heard the news still half a block away and immediately turned on his heel and headed back home. When they got back to the house, they noticed that mother was gone and so was the extra baby Jesus figurine. Someone must have called and she went out to deliver the figurine. My father reasoned, pulling off his boots. You, you kids get ready for bed while I wrap Mother's present. Then the phone rang. Father yelled, answer the phone and tell them we've found a home for Jesus. But it was mother calling with instructions to come to 205 Chestnut Street immediately. Bring three blankets, a box of cookies, and some milk. Now what has she gotten gotten us into? (laughs) 205 Chestnut, that's all the way across town. Wrap that milk up good in the blankets or it'll turn to ice before we even get there. Why can't we all just get on with Christmas? It's probably 20 below out there. The wind is picking up of all the crazy things to do on a night like this. When they got to the house at 205 Chestnut Street, it was the darkest one on the block. Only a tiny light burned in the living room, and the moment we set foot on the porch steps, my mother opened the door and shouted, They're here. Oh, thank God you got here, Ray. You kids, take those blankets into the living room and wrap up the little little ones on the couch. I'll take the milk and the cookies. Would you mind telling me what's going on, Ethel? My father asked. We have just walked through below zero weather with the wind in our face all the way. Never mind all that right now, my mother interrupted. There's no heat in this house. This young mother is so upset she doesn't know what to do. Her husband walked out on her, and the poor little children have a very bleak Christmas, so don't you be complaining. I told her you could fix that oil furnace in a jiffy. (laughs) My mother strode off to the kitchen to warm the milk while my brother and I wrapped up the five little children who were huddled together on the couch. The children's mother explained to my father that her husband had run off taking bedding, clothing, almost every piece of furniture, that she had been doing all right until the furnace broke down. I've been doing washing and ironing for people and cleaning the five and dimes, she said. I saw your number every day there on those boxes on the counter. When the furnace went out, that number kept going through my mind, 7162, 7162. It said on the box that if a person was missing Jesus, they should call you. That's how I knew you were good Christian people, willing to help. I figured that maybe you would help me too. So I stopped at the grocery store tonight, and I called your missus. I'm not missing Jesus, mister, because I sure do love him. But I am missing heat, and I have no money to fix that furnace. Okay, okay, Father said. You've come to the right place. Let's see. You've got a little oil burner over there in the dining room. Shouldn't be too hard to fix it. Probably just a clogged flue. I'll look it over and see what it needs. Mother came into the living room carrying a plate of cookies and warm milk. As she set cups down on the coffee table, I noticed the figure of baby Jesus lying in the center of the table. It was the only sign of Christmas in the house. The children stared wide-eyed with wonder at the plate of cookies my mother set before them. Father finally got the oil burner working but said, You need more oil. I'll make a few calls tonight and get some. Yes, sir, you came to the right place, Father grinned. On the way home, Father did not complain about the cold weather and had barely set foot inside the door when he was on the phone. Ed, hey, how are you, Ed? Yes, Merry Christmas to you too. Say, Ed, we have kind of an unusual situation here. I know you've got that pickup truck. Do you still have some oil in that barrel in your truck? You do? By this time, the rest of the family were pulling clothes out of their closets and toys off the shelves. It, 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 wasn't long, uh, it was not long after the bedtime when they were wrapping gifts, the pickup came. On, on it were chairs, lamps, blankets, gifts for a hurting family. No one ever did call about that missing figure in the nativity set, but as we grew older, we began to realize it wasn't a packing mistake at all. is that cool? I, I want to submit a thought to you. Maybe this year, as we're wrapping up Christmas, taking the ornaments off the tree and pulling our lifelike pre-lit Christmas tree back in the box, <laughs> pulling the lights off the house, or putting the for sale sign in the yard, whichever. When you go to put the little nativity set back, maybe we should keep Jesus out this year. Set him on the window as a reminder. The season isn't over. It's only just begun. Maybe we should wrap up the baby Jesus and take him home with us. Maybe we should allow him... To change the way we think. To change the way that we plan. To change the way that we relate. To change the way that we go through our daily life. Maybe it's time for us to be a people who would have the ability to say, if you happen to be missing Jesus, call my number. I bet if we had Jesus at home, we wouldn't have any problem Letting other people know the difference he's made in our world. I bet we wouldn't have any trouble at all celebrating the goodness that he brings just by having him in the house. Instead of keeping him at the church. Instead of leaving him somewhere else. Why don't we take the baby home and be growing with him? Letting Him change us from the inside out. Will you do me a favor? Will you, will you close your book? I want you to close your eyes, bow your head, worship. Team's coming back. Just so want you to bow your head and pray with me. And just, I, uh, I got a couple of questions I need to ask this morning. If you're here. And you don't have Jesus at your house. Maybe you never have. Maybe you've had him, but you actually never took him home. If that's you today, and you need a relevant relationship, there's only one way to have that with God, and that's through receiving his son, Jesus. Unto us, a child was born a Savior. It's good news to all people. Aren't you part of all people? You have the right to experience the the life, the love. If you're here today and say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I I want that Jesus. that's you, would you do me a favor? Would you just hold your hand up? We're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. Thank you, man. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir, ma'am, sir. I want to take the baby Jesus home today. Thank you, sir. We're just going to include you in a prayer. If that's you, just, just lift your hand. Say, that that's me, pastor. I, I'm ready. I, I need Jesus. Thank you, sir. With me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I need you. I need your love, your acceptance, your forgiveness. I want to take you home. Change me from the inside out. Change my world. Change my attitude. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me and for setting me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. Would you just stand with us one more time?